You're listening to the Better With Books podcast, a weekly podcast for entrepreneurs looking to bridge the gap between reading for business and reading for fun. I'm your host, Kate Hollis, conversion copywriter and part-time librarian, ready to guide you toward finding meaningful, actionable insights into yourself, your clients, and your business through works of fiction and creative nonfiction. Join me each week to discuss a new title from genres ranging from fantasy to romance and everything in between. Unconventional? Definitely. But that's where the good stuff is. Think of this as your own personal on-demand book club, one where reading the book is 100% optional and all are welcome. Come for the book recommendations and stay for the inspiration because I think you'll find that your business and your life will be better with books. Hey there, friends. Thanks for joining me for episode 14 of Better With Books. As I'm like typing out the show notes for this episode, and I'm like, oh, episode 14. I'm like, my my podcast is a teenager now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm just really grateful that I'm still doing this and that you're still here listening with me. Um, If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Uh, You have found a podcast for entrepreneurs where we talk about non-business books as a way to develop both your business and yourself. But really, this is a show for anyone who loves books, whether or not you have time to read them. This show is brought to you by Kate Hollis Copywriting and Sales Strategy, which is my business. Uh, If you want to learn more about my work, you can check out my website, katehollis.co. So not only is this podcast about a topic that I love, books and reading, but it also gives you an inside look at the kinds of things that I'm thinking about when it comes to human behavior and motivation, which are the most important variables in sales and marketing. So, you know, while we're on the subject of what it looks like inside my brain, (laughs) I'm going to share something that might sound a little bit weird. And it is this. I listen to my own podcast multiple times. (laughs) And, you know, partly because I just enjoy it. um, But also because in many ways, this podcast is like an audio journal for me. It lets me revisit my thoughts and feelings about what I read and helps me to make sure that I'm creating the kind of listening experience that I want for you. You know, I've had people reach out to me to say that they listen to this podcast as they're falling asleep because they find it relaxing and soothing. And that is such a compliment to me (laughs) because I think that you know, wind down time at the end of the day is sacred. And if someone is inviting me into that part of their day, that just feels really special to me. And, you know, I said this in the first episode of this show, and I will say it again and again. I think one of the best feelings in the world is drifting off to sleep thinking about a book. So, for those of you who, you know, might not have the time to read, but let me fill that role for you. Like, I'm just 
I'm just tickled by that. <laughs> so thank you. But another bonus for me in listening back episodes that I've previously recorded is that I'm able to identify patterns in the things that I say. And recently I noticed that there is one phrase that I use pretty often, and that is showing up. So how I show up in the world, helping my clients show up online, etc. And I realized that this is a phrase that I've definitely absorbed from the circles that I'm in. And I hadn't really given it much thought, to be honest, until I read the book that we'll be talking about in this episode, which is a novel called Memphis by Tara Stringfellow. So this book made me revisit this idea of, quote, showing up and offered me a different definition that I've decided that I like better, both for my life as a business owner and just overall. So we'll kind of talk about that more later in the episode, but first I wanna tell you more about this really beautiful book. Memphis was published in early 2022, and it's a bestseller and was chosen as a book club pick for the Today Show. Now, I read a lot of books, and I recommend a lot of books. And I can say without any hesitation that this is one of the best books I've ever read. And I don't, I don't say that lightly. So if you wanted to head over to the show notes right now (laughs) and buy it through my affiliate link before you even heard a thing about the book, uh, you wouldn't be overreacting because this book is really exceptional. And I spent a lot of time thinking about how to describe my experience with this book. And you hear people say things like, the story and the characters just come alive and jump right off the page. And, you know, this will sound strange, but while I was reading this book, there was one point where I found myself thinking that it felt like the story was breathing. So not the characters, not the setting, but the story itself had a quiet but definite presence, like as its own entity that felt like it existed outside of the page. And the only thing that I can compare it to is like that feeling when you're sharing a bed with someone, a partner, a child, a cat or a dog, you know, you can't see them, but you know that they're there. You know, you don't even necessarily hear them breathing but you can just feel their presence. Like that's what this book did for me. I really can't explain it any other way. Like this story was with me and it was a presence that I found very comforting, even though this book deals with a lot of really tough topics. I read an article where the author was quoted as saying that this book was 
the black fairy tale she wished she had growing up. And, you know, this book is definitely not Sunshine and Rainbows. Like it is painfully, achingly real and, you know, tackles topics from trauma to police brutality, you know, like really big, complex, difficult topics. But the story still has a certain sparkle to it. And I just find this balance that the author struck to be really, really well done. Memphis is the story of three generations of Black women in a family with deep roots in the city of Memphis. The narrative shifts between a few different perspectives. So there is Hazel, who is the matriarch of the family. She has two daughters, Miriam and August, and Miriam's older daughter, whose name is Joan. And the book starts in the mid-1990s when Miriam and her two daughters are running away from her abusive husband. So they're living on a military base in the Carolinas, and they leave to return to the family home in Memphis, where Miriam's sister, August, and her son, Derek, are currently living. Hazel, at this point, has passed away. We learn pretty quickly that there's some complicated history between August's son and Miriam's children, Joan in particular. When Joan was three, and her cousin Derek was maybe like 9, 10, 11 at the time, he violently assaulted her. And it's not a secret. Like it was addressed when it happened, like legally, medically, social workers, you know, really intensive therapy for Derek. But, you know, years have passed and Derek is still a very troubled teenager. And he gets mixed up in all kinds of trouble, including in a gang. And Joan is still living with this unresolved trauma. But the family is more afraid for Derek than for Joan because they all think that if she had the opportunity that she would kill him. And they're all living under the same roof with Derek and Joan never being left alone together for eight years. And the house itself is almost like a character in and of itself. Hazel's husband, who's Miriam's father, built the house brick by brick as a gift for his wife after they were married. And their love story was so beautifully told that, you know, when I think about it, it actually makes me tear up a little bit. It was just it was just really special to read. And, you know, they fell in love. They got engaged right before he was sent off to war. And they had a wedding that the whole neighborhood rallied to put together for them on short notice. And, you know, Hazel's husband does survive the war. He comes home and he gets a job as the first black homicide detective in the city of Memphis. And you know, he intends to do his job and bring people to justice. 
and he makes waves within the police force because of it. And the day before he intended to arrest a white man for a crime that he very clearly seems to have committed, he was lynched seemingly by his police colleagues. And, you know, grief and loss are ongoing themes in the book, and they follow each generation of this family. You know, their home becomes a local hub for the civil rights movement. And part of the book is about the aftermath of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Memphis. But grief and loss, like, isn't just about loss of life in the book. You know, August is grieving the fact that she has a violent, disturbed son who she tries her hardest to help but can't. And that she had to give up on her dreams of being a singer so that she could support her family. And, you know, Miriam is grieving the loss of her marriage and the love that she once felt for her husband. And then later, the potential loss of her husband, who was working at the Pentagon on 9-11. And Miriam's also feeling guilt and grief about what happened to Joan when she was a child. You know, it's about the loss of dreams for these women, the things that they sacrifice to get by. And Joan is the first one to say, like, no, you can't take my dreams from me. And she pursues her love of art. And, you know, despite all of this pain, they all still love the city of Memphis the community, the music, the food, it's clear that like none of them want to be anywhere else. And the thing that really stuck with me about this book was how selflessly people in their community took care of each other. You know, Hazel had her whirlwind wedding where they didn't pay a dime for it. And the whole neighborhood came together and gave them this magical night. And, you know, later on the night when Hazel's husband was killed, the whole neighborhood sat vigil outside their house all night. And, you know, again, when Miriam's husband was thought to have been killed on 9-11, you know, people just like casseroles just started appearing. And, you know, when Joan started to show promise with her art, her aunt August drove her to a local college for art classes on her only day off. And the women of the neighborhood volunteered to sit for Joan so that she could draw them for an application portfolio for a fellowship program. And even outside of the family, you know, they had a close relationship with a Jewish man named Stanley who escaped Nazi Germany. He opened up a grocery store in Memphis. And it was one of the few places where Black customers weren't treated 
as second-class citizens. And Stanley became a part of their extended family and even walked Miriam down the aisle at her wedding. And I just said to myself, you know, this is what it means to show up. Like for the people you love when they need you the most. Running an online business like is something that I love. But if I'm not careful, it can be incredibly disorienting for me. Like I I choose to keep my part-time job at the library not only because it makes me happy, but because it keeps me grounded. Like don't get me wrong, like I find it incredibly rewarding to support my clients with success in their own businesses. But when I'm at the library and you know, I have a day where I just have a conversation with someone who's lonely or who needs help using their smartphone because they have nowhere else to go and no one else to ask. Like that's when I feel like I'm showing up in a way that feels right in my soul. Like I'm showing up for someone in a moment of true need. And I think this is just really front of mind for me right now because, you know, we've gone through a tough time in our family this last year. And, you know, it really showed me who my people are. And I try to bring that same commitment and love to my relationships in my business too. Like I just attended and spoke at a summit that my friend and colleague put together. And you could tell that in the audience, some people were there in support of specific speakers. And I just loved that, you know, like cheering each other on. And, you know, I did attend because it was a great opportunity for my business. And I was able to talk about something that I love and that shares value with other people in my community. But my reason first and foremost that I participated in the summit was to support my friend because this was a big, ambitious project and it was the first time she's done something like this. And, you know, I did my talk and I was also there for cleanup at the end of the day. And I arrived early in the morning with a car full of balloons. <laughs> like, there's a barely enough room for me in that car. And, you know, I'm just so deeply grateful that my work has brought so many wonderful humans into my life who are so generous with their time and support. And they offer it in a really holistic way. So, you know, I'm going to keep on doing my copywriting with the same enthusiasm and commitment that I always do. So that, you know, my clients can show up online or show up in the world with a strong brand. But, you know, this book was an important reminder that I first and foremost want to show up for my clients as people. 
And that might mean offering flexibility or accommodations or building a little extra time into a call just because somebody needs someone to talk to. Because like, let's be honest, life is hard, dude. (laughs) And business isn't forever. So, you know, I say let's take care of each other. And to me, that includes sharing joy and meaning through books. This podcast is my way of showing up for you. So I might not be there with you drinking a nice hot cup of Irish breakfast, but I am in spirit. And just know that, you know, if you need some support in your business, that you know where to find me. Kate at katehollis.co. Linked in the show notes. I mean it. Like, drop me a line. And also, please, please read this book, Memphis by Tara Stringfellow. It is so good. So good. So grab a copy using my affiliate link and support the show at the same time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Better With Books podcast. If you like what you heard, please share with friends, fellow entrepreneurs, anyone who loves to read and share books. You could leave a review on your preferred streaming platform so that this podcast can be found by other people who love books as much as we do. You can also support the show by purchasing the titles I discuss using my affiliate links, which you can find in the show notes. The books I discuss on the Better With Books podcast are not sponsored by any third parties. I just pick them because I like them. All opinions are my own. Join me again next Friday to nerd out about another book and email me at kate at betterwithbookspodcast.com to let me know what you think about today's episode and anything else you might like me to talk about in the future. Until next time.